You're listening to an Indiesaurus production. Do you frighten easily? Does your blood run cold at the glimpse of the unknown? Have you ever watched a movie through your fingers curled up in your chair, unable to move, afraid that the images and sounds coming from the screen in front of you feel a little too real? And when the screen goes dark, haven't you wished for a light to guide your way back to safety? Why even go through that at all? Why risk the nightmares? Why feed into your fear of the dark? Why not ever ha- Oh, hold on. Alright. Sorry. Why not have others brave it for you? From the hosts of Radish and the cowards who brought you the Chandring comes Fright Light, an source production. Each episode, we, your hosts and fellow cowards, Tyler, Will, and Sean, will light your way through a notable and sometimes notorious horror movie so that you can experience all that you can handle without having to brave the dark alone. Welcome to Fright Light, Horror for Cowards. This week, we take you through Nope, the newest sci-fi thriller by America's purveyor of all things eerie and menacing, Jordan Peele. I don't know what that was about, but hey, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) It's about the show that we're doing. I don't know about all that. Uh, I'm here to to pick on weenies. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Weenies are our top audience here at Fright Light Horror. Weenies are us. (laughs) Weenies are us. Super Weenie Podcast Junior. So what Sean said is we're a a horror podcast, but we do things uh, a little differently. Basically, we've got three parts of the show. Number one, is it scary? For those of you who want to see this movie, but you're like, I don't know, you know, you know kind of, kind of, kind of don't really want to see that. We're going to tell you point blank at the top, is this movie scary? What makes it scary? You know, if you found this scary, well, you will like this or you will not like this. We'll walk you through all that. Then you can dip out and go see the movie. If you're still not sold, part two is, is it good? Here's going to be our spoiler-free review of the movie. If you are, are want to go see it but you're, or you're interested but not quite sold on it, we'll tell you if it's worth it or not. Uh, and then part three is, I don't want to see this movie in theaters or at all. Just let me know what happens. Give me the wiki. We will do that for you. We will walk you through uh, the big set pieces, the overall plot, the scary stuff. So you can go into work tomorrow and at the water cooler be like, yeah, I love it when Nope dies or whatever. Um, <laughs> or, or, or if you, uh, that was a seal there for a second. That was, I'm Tyler. I'm the seal of the show. Um, no, no. It's <laughs> or, or, or. Um, <laughs> Or, or, or we're doing tusks tonight. Yeah. <laughs> if, oh. if you listen to the first part of the episode, go and watch the movie. Really enjoyed it. Uh, you, you should come back and listen to our fun kooky take on um, the the plot of the movie as well. Don't don't just dip out and not come back, please. Yeah, please come back. But we, we already have your yeah. download, so we don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Uh, we'll put the uh, the timestamps for those three segments in the description because right now we are recording. We have honestly no. It would be really crazy if we like called it to the, to the second <laughs> the uh episode description will have where to skip to for is it scary is it good tell me what happens so there you go um i guess we just kick it off is this is nope by jordan peele the newest jordan peele outing scary yes i i was pretty frightened like i was pretty frightened up until a, a point but yeah I, it had it did a very good job at maintaining dread i wasn't scared <laughs> no, come on. There was I you, wasn't. You know, you you outlined it perfectly in that number one, you know, I, I we don't know if there's a horror movie or not, but we'll we'll discuss that here in a second. But you underlined it there are some intense moments in this. Yeah. And there yes. are some really intense moments that I will say, if you are you know, if you scare easily, there's some scenes that kind of last a little while that could make you feel pretty uncomfortable and pretty scared. And there's some jump scares in it too. There's some done really well, scares. not cheesy, but there are some jump scares in it as well. But to your point, is this a horror movie? Yeah, I, I would put this if if Jaws is a horror movie, then this is a horror movie. Yeah, I would say this is pretty comparable to like Annihilation. In fact, I think Annihilation's a little scarier. I would, yeah, gotcha. I think uh, it's because okay. Annihilation doesn't really have scares; it just has kind of intense scenes. Yeah, and, and frightening. This really isn't that graphic either. Like, there's there's some blood, but it's mostly. Sure. In, you, you never see blood coming out of people. You see aftermath blood. Yeah, oh, you do one part see blood you do coming see blood out of someone at some at out one of point. Some, someone something. Yeah. Anyways, but it's it's, uh, it's obfuscated. Sure, mostly. Sure. Yeah. Um. It's it's not a spoiler to say that this is an alien movie, right? It's right. It's in the trailer. Yeah. There's okay. Alien. It's in the trailer. Yeah. Uh. So here's the thing. Like when you think of alien movies, there's there's not really a lot of real like. 
I don't know. I, what I really enjoyed about this movie, and we'll get into it later, is that, you know, this is kind of like one of those prestige alien invasion movies that I don't think we've really had since, um, what was Arrival? Since Arrival. Oh, yeah. And I that wouldn't say that Arrival, that wasn't even horror, but, you know, those type of movies like Signs, War of the Worlds, those kind of movies, Cloverfield, which I wouldn't necessarily describe as horror, but there's definitely horror elements to it, and especially if you're afraid of aliens like I am, yeah. uh, there's there's definitely some horror there. Tyler, this was a tough <laughs> movie for you, wasn't it? <laughs> it's uh yeah i'll say the the big warnings are aliens uh obviously yeah, sure. there's it's an alien movie if you're if you're freaked out by aliens uh this, this is gonna make you a little uncomfortable yeah. uh but the second biggest one is probably just like uh animal attacks because there's a couple of those and there's animals some animal, hurt. yeah animals, animal, hurt. animals die. some attacks on animals and attacks on people from animals because the the main characters are animal wranglers yep yeah so it deals with uh, that's kind of a big theme in the movie we'll get into later. And the other big thing I wanted to point out is there's one scene where if you are claustrophobic, you will absolutely hate that scene. Yeah. Um, oh, if yeah. you're claustrophobic and a rodeo starts, close your eyes because <laughs> boy, how it, it's going to get bad for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's kind of few. It's more just like kind of an intense movie. And like kind of it does the Jaws thing where like by the time you've seen the shark for more than a couple seconds, it kind that's of goes from more. being scary exactly. to being like intense. And there's mm-hmm. once you've seen the creature. Uh, they don't really hide it anymore. It's just kind of out there running around and it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. I, I w- my dad saw it with me and he is not a horror fan at all. And mm-hmm. after the movie, I told him like, was that scary? And he goes, I don't even think it was a horror movie. So <laughs> sure. my dad was unfazed by it. So I think if you can handle annihilation, this is absolutely something you can do. Yeah. Yeah. You can handle or jaws even. Yeah. The, it's structured the, the, very similarly to jaws. We'll get to it later. But, um, that's when I left, I kept thinking about Spielberg. Um, yeah, as it as it is compared to you know Peel's previous Get Out and Us, this is definitely his like. I don't want to say least frightening because I was more into it than I think either of those movies, but it's it's a different brand of frightening. He does well. He's like a, a jack of all trades when it comes to just creeping people out. I'd say it's yeah. it's scarier than it's scarier than Get Out, but it's not like Us. I would say is more horror than that's this, true. That's uh, how Get Out is. Yeah, yeah. I found Get Out scarier personally, but I sure. also found the subject matter of Get Out to be more frightening. I also, yeah, yeah I, I would rank this in between us and Get Out in terms of almost everything <laughs> for me personally. Sure. Um, so that, yeah, I, I think there's nothing in this movie that's as scary as the the head in the boat from Jaws, which remains sure. the scariest thing of all time. No kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would definitely. Um, Sean was saying he definitely got Spielberg vibes from this, and I think that was totally intentional on Jordan's part. Oh, but other movies I would compare it to was Signs, uh, mm. number number one. Um, and he actually that was a movie that he kind of looked to when he was making this film. Um, so if you like those kinds of like. You know, alien invasion movies. Uh, I know, Will, you feel a little bit differently, but um, I, I no, think, I think like I, this movie. I think the first the first two acts are very much signs. And I think kind of the, the more information they peel back, I think, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, uh, it becomes a little bit more like contact because they're they're dealing with this alien creature. And it's a little bit more, a little bit less under unknown, a little bit more like, okay, how do we, how do we, how do we figure this out? <laughs> it's a little bit more of a sciencey thing. So it's definitely, it goes, it goes from more horror to more sci-fi the more it goes on. But I think if you're someone who can handle that, nothing as bad as the Mexico VHS tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go see it in a, uh, in IMAX. Sure. But yeah, if you're not sold, is it good? Oh yeah. Oh, is it good? Uh, I'll go first because mine's the most predictable answer here. Uh, Sean was poking fun at it earlier. Um, I'm huge alien fan. That was like my boogeyman growing up was aliens. I was terrified. Uh, I was obsessed with uh, War of the Worlds, uh, the Roswell incident, uh, that kind of shit. So, of course, I absolutely loved this film. Um, Alien, uh, like I said, not since Arrival have I seen something like super well, like a really super well done one. I think like the latest one was maybe Extinction, which was like a direct to Netflix one that wasn't super interested in, mm. but this, uh, really, really well done. Of course, I really love all of the Jordan Peele films. So, um, at, at risk of sounding like the Buzzfeed comics guy earlier this week, who got absolutely <laughs> roasted online for saying that, uh, Jordan Peele was the greatest horror auteur of all time. He's the uh, only horror might- director who's made three good movies. Right. Right. Um, I will say that this might be <laughs> my favorite movie of the year so far. So, wow. Um, all right. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll join the chorus here. It's not my favorite movie of the year so far, but I will say it is both my favorite Jordan Peele movie 
and it is likely in very easily in my top five. It, I left that still movie very out high praise, just buzzing. I was entranced from the start, from the prologue. I could tell it was going to be something different and special. And I remember there were some scenes where I like kind of did a self check on myself. I was like, I haven't felt this like full of dread and excitement and anxiety watching a movie since Hereditary. And mm. until that, like from that point on, I was just rose colored glasses the whole time. I was having a blast. It did feel like it. Go- it I, we didn't check the runtime before we went, which might have been a oh, mistake. Um, but it it feels like the list. It hours, goes on. Um, with that being said, it's all worth it in the end. The cast is fantastic. I mean, you got Daniel Kaluuya, who's wonderful on screen at any point. Kiki Palmer, you could say the same. Uh, you've got Brandon Perea, who was in the OA and it was a delightful kind of comic relief in this. Uh, Steven Yun is brilliant in the role he plays. He is just something else. Um, I hope he is like along with Kaluuya. I hope he is a, uh, Jordan Peele mainstay. Uh, who else? You got Keith David. You got a, a great. Kind of ense- it. What? There's not many characters in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it is a five pretty tight ensemble cast and they are fantastic. Um, oh, <laughs> well, I don't want to, we'll get to it. And, you know, when we start diving into the movie, but there was one point during the title sequence, a name I saw pop up that, uh, I was very excited to see. And it, it meant that there was going to be more mayhem to come. And it did. <laughs> uh, Brandon Perea, who I could not look at and not think, oh, I guess Dave Franco was busy. <laughs> <laughs> he did a great job. I, I thought the cast was excellent, but yeah. I did look at frosted tips teen guy yeah. and be like dave franco oh, yeah. <laughs> um, definitely a dave franco he i think he did a better job than dave franco would have i'll go on the record sure but oh, yeah. um i'll i'll be kind of a kind of a descending opinion here i like this movie a lot i'd probably give it four stars i'd you know give it a give it a, a b b plus i liked it a lot get out's one of my favorite movies of all time so it's very hard to top that i think that get out's kind of a perfect script i hold that as the shining crown jewel of kind of my favorite genre of movie of like Breadcrumb, 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 and then like something snaps and everything makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of the reason I didn't like Us is because I was kind of coming off of Get Out and yeah. was hoping for a similar experience. Whereas Get Out just sort of gets tighter and tighter upon under the microscope. Us just kind of falls apart. Like it's has a lot to say, but it doesn't really make sense when you get into it. Whereas Get Out's like airtight. This is in the middle a little bit. I think there's there's a lots of fun setup, lots of fun payoff. Um, I think the script's pretty smart. I think the the themes in it are really interesting. Yeah, we'll get into it more. But lots of themes of like nature and you know spectacle and being you know on social media and kind of putting yourself before your humanity. Um, I think it has a lot of cool things to say. I definitely read a lot about the movie this weekend, and I recommend it. I mean, I, I definitely thought it was a good time. I it's it's up there for best movie I've seen this year. But I, true. It, no, I think that's, that's totally valid. That's totally valid. Yeah. I mean, and to your point, yeah, it's not as super like tight as as Get Out is, but it did bring back the bread crumb, bread crumb, bread crumb. Oh, the, no, I said that kind of gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this this mofo bread crumb, um, and into uh, uh, you know a big kind of reveal. Um, yeah, and I so. think I think the reveals in this movie are, are kind of brilliant. Like the kind of yeah. No, oh, yeah. The, the Daniel Kaluuya is two steps ahead of everyone. And when he just like, he's just dropping, hey, I think I figured this out. You're like, Oh shoot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there isn't really a all comes together moment. Like get out does with the, 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 the sunken place video, which by the way, yeah. you should do an episode on get out because that's an excellent movie. Sure. Yeah, I, would love, I would love to get into get out and us. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think, and I, I hate, we've said that we'll get into this like 50 times now. We're, uh, we're we'll going get into to. this now. We'll get into this now. <laughs> um, the, the big reveal I think is, is a lot less of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I can get along with that. Like I, I understand that. Like that was like my realization of it. Uh, whereas mm. get out, it was like, Whoa! you know, it was like <laughs> mind blowing. Get out changes the whole first two acts. Once you know what's going on. Whereas this is yeah. kind of like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, cool. I'm on board. So the, the, the trailers do a good job of not giving a ton away. Most definitely. Yes, but I, I wish like they also. I wish they'd shown less, but still. Yeah, yeah. It 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 shows the the saucer. Yeah, you know, it shows I, the saucer. I, I think. Yeah, I think uh, I a movie like to that. your point where it's doing breadcrumbs, 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 and then you finally see it. Uh, you, you could just see it in all its fucking glory in the in the trailer, which is unfortunate. But you would. But hey, there is, for for horrors at home, for horror or cowards at home, I should say, you, you get to see the big bad, um, right from the get. Yeah, there is a good bit of misdirection still. Yeah, sure, sure. sure. It doesn't really dollop. 
just if if you're interested in this movie, if we've sold it to you by this point, go in as blind as possible, which means yeah. turn off the next segment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Next is next is the spoiler talk. So now now we've we've teased. We're gonna get into it. Now we're gonna get into it. Tell oh, yeah. what happens in this movie. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's take it. Let's take it from the beginning. We got to talk, um, talk about that opening. Yeah. So this is this is for the folks at home who who like to read a, a Wikipedia um, summary plot summary of the film before they step into it. Or hi, welcome back. If you just uh, watched the film, um, you look great. Went to uh, Did yeah, you get some yeah. sun. <laughs> <laughs> you lost some weight. So it opens <laughs> with uh, your hair's white with fear. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. It's it's, oh yeah, it's it's fine. Uh cryptically, the movie opens with a Bible quote, uh which to some people it could roll their eyes out of their head. To me, I was like, "Oh, I'm intrigued." It's from a, an unknown book that we all were like, "This is a book in the Bible called Nahum." Uh it's Nahum 3:6 and it says, "And I will cast an abominable filth upon thee and make thee vile and will set set thee as a spectacle," Ooh. which pretty much sets up the whole film. It's yeah, as a little opening quote, I always lose it when there's a little opening quote, man. You know it's mm, going to be That good. was for Sean. Yeah. Jordan Peele's like, this one's for Sean. When I uh, I, I leaned I a little further quote. back in my seat, and I was like, I was buckling in at that point. I was like, oh, this is something special. Oh. This is yeah. something. Ooh. So you buckled in for that, and then another scene happens, which makes you, like, buckle yourself three more times. <laughs> because it goes from a cryptic quote to this you know, unexplained scene. It just jump cuts to this 90s era sitcom set. There are dead actors strewn about the set. Blood is everywhere. And you see a CGI chimpanzee meandering, poking the bodies, making chimp noises, and then cuts to the film. It's covered in blood. It's, it's hands are it is, very clearly it did it. And it's, it's <laughs> worth mentioning, too, that the movie like starts before you see any of that. It starts with the audio from the show as they're taping it. So you just hear people talking out of context and you're trying to like understand what's going on. One of the characters does say nope. And I was like, aha. And I was like, that might, that'll figure into the movie. <laughs> um, and uh, then it opens on, yeah, Gordy. Just a uh, Gordy the chimp. Ooh, can, just, can, I, can I say this is the most radish style? Radish is our other podcast. If you're sitting on the other feed, uh, you should listen to that too. It's great. Um, this is the most radish style movie of all time. It opens with a Bible verse, then there's a CGI chimpanzee, and there's an anime reference at the end. Yes. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the three prongs of us. This is the three pillars of radish. Is How do I get the Bible one? <laughs> piousness, monkey, and anime. <laughs> Jordan Peele was writing this. He's like, damn, podcasters. They're going to fucking go apeshit literally over there. Literally. We got one for Sean. We got one for Tyler. I'll throw in an anime <laughs> joke. Why do I get what's <laughs> <laughs> for Will. Uh, so we get we get both cryptic openings. Then it goes to the intro credits. Uh, then we cut to the family farm. Wait. And Okay, Sean. What? Sorry. Uh, circling back to what I spoke about before. When Terry Notary's name came up in the, the titles... That's when I got excited because Terry Notary, uh, for those who may be unfamiliar, uh, is known throughout Hollywood for being perfectly capable of impersonating a chimpanzee. He's worked on the Rise of the Planet of the Ape movies. He worked Uh, on Kong. He also worked on, I think, the Palm d'Or winning movie, The Square, in which he plays like this artist who he's not in mocap or anything in The Square, but he is like a, you know, bodied artist and he walks around playing a chimp and people lose their minds. Uh, So seeing his name appear after the scene with Gordy, I thought to myself, oh, there's going to be more Gordy. <laughs> if you want to know why <laughs> the chimp was. was so good and why he sounded so good, that was <laughs> that was Terry Notary. I love that there's a guy who's just famous for being monkey. He's great, yeah. man. He was. Yeah. He's a convincing dream, monkey. Honestly. So uh, we, we have that amazing scene with the prolific monkey actor, and then we jump to the f- family farm in L.A. Valley. We get introduced to one of the show's main characters, O.J., played by Daniel Kaluuya. He's with his father, Otis Hayward Sr., played by Keith David, the man with the velvet voice, uh, perfectly <laughs> casted for this role. A oh, lot yeah. of flashbacks with him just narrating, and it's like, oh. Such a comforting voice. Uh, so they are training uh, a horse for a movie. As Will said, they are animal wranglers, specifically horse wranglers. Yeah. Uh, they can trace their lineage all the way back to the uh, the first video. It's like I think it's the first film clip of all time, right? Yes. The man on the, the horse. The yeah, first yeah. motion picture. Um, 
Yeah. Yep. So so they trace their lineage all the way back to the man in that um, in that video. So they uh, they just do this for a while, and as as soon as you are attached to Otis Hayward Sr. as the loving father who's so proud of his work, he gets killed by shrapnel falling from the sky. And when I say he gets killed, half his face comes off. Uh, we come to find out. So gore gore there. Um, little yep. little flash, but. There's that shot of him in the car with uh, OJ just like kind of driving him to the hospital and is you see blood just like squirting from the hole in his head, <laughs> <laughs> which was like, oh, this is this is keeping it real. Hoof. So and you find out you it's a nickel. Yeah, it's a nickel that fell from the sky with apparently a, a good amount of force because you can just drop a nickel and it usually doesn't go through a man's skull. But not only that, there's also a house key that hit the house and then it's just embedded in the house. Yeah. But it's in the horse. In the horse. In the horse. Yeah. The horse. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, one of the house horse. later. Yeah. 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 So so this whole incident's explained as like a prop plane or some sort of plane having to dump a whole bunch of stuff in, from the sky. You know it's and, aliens from the get-go. From yeah. the poster <laughs> in this, you're like, aliens have that thrown just a nickel. Alien just killed the dad. Uh, so... Dad's dead. They cut uh, six months later, and OJ, as well as his sister Emerald, known by M, played by Kiki Palmer, she does an amazing job, uh, have taken up the family business. They're on set for a commercial, and they have one of their horses. Uh, things are kind of uncomfortable. OJ's not really a people person. The horse gets spooked. He kicks a uh, a, a prop. They get fired. So, uh I love the touch when they get fired too. They 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 wheel in a CGI horse behind them, yeah, <laughs> like in the background. It's like we'll get a fake one. <laughs> sure, <laughs> as they're sure. leaving, they don't even wait for them to leave. The, there's a CGI horse ready to go. Okay, we got it. Plan B. It's, it's. I wanted to say it's worth noting too. A little other casting note: the actor or the person who plays the director on the ad film set is a guy named Osgood Perkins, who has directed uh, little indie horror flicks like uh, The Black Coat's Daughter. Um, uh, Gretel and Hansel and I am the pretty thing that lives in your house. Uh, he is also known if, you know, we're all horror fans here. The last name Perkins should mean something. Oh, is that is that Chicken Norman, Norman Bates's kid? He is Anthony Perkins son. Um, no so way. it was fun to see his name come up in the titles and then appear as also a director. And he seems like a, a fun and a nice guy. His movies are pretty good. What a fun fact. Cool. Yeah. What a very fun fact. Uh, also worth noting, they weren't fired because they were bad or anything. Um, no one was taking them seriously, and they spooked the horse. They held up a mirror, uh, or someone looked the horse in the eyes, and that's why it got um, unruly. It's a, it's a CGI mirror ball. Is what that is. It's used in uh, CGI movies. Oh, it's I for, didn't know. For that. tracking. I looked that up. More, more fun facts. So they get fired from this film set. Um, M hitches a ride with her brother back to the ranch, but before they go back to the ranch, they stop at this like saloon, saloon like Wild West. Um, theme park that's they stop at Kid by, Nation. Yeah, they stop at Kid Nation, and uh, uh, but it's called Jupiter's Ranch. Claim Jupiter's Claim. Jupiter's Claim, and it's run by Ricky Jupe, uh, who's played by Stephen Yoon. He was a child actor um, in the uh, movie. It was called like Kid Sheriff, and uh, come to find out, he was event. He was also a part of the film or the series Gordy's Home. Um, but he's holding on to his child's fame, childhood fame. He's opened up this this theme park, and as it turns out, OJ is selling his family horses to this theme park to be used um, for rides and, and for other stuff, we come to find out. So he goes and meets uh, Ricky up in his office. He brings M with her, and there we see memorabilia all over the wall um, about Kid Sheriff, but also about Gordy's home, where they start um, questioning him about it. He shows his back room, and... Um, tells a really interesting story like they ask him like hey can you tell us about what happened on set that day and uh instead of telling them about what happened on set he he talks about an snl sketch that was done about it and just goes on and on about how chris Kattan yeah was the most consummate monkey actor of all time he's not wrong uh, chris Kattan could do a, a sketch like could, that i immediately knew it was gonna be chris Kattan. <laughs> he was gonna be <laughs> snl cast i was like that's gonna be yeah. gonna what be baffled Kattan. me is that if something like that truly happened in the mid 90s i do not think that there would be a mad t magazine cover making fun of it or, you know, an SNL sketch. Do you not like, think there was an SNL sketch about Siegfried and Roy? Was there? There had to have been at least a joke. Yeah. Oh, man. But, mm. oh, geez. I was like that whole like sequence in the, the memorabilia room. I was obviously fascinated and I couldn't wait to see more. But thinking to myself, I was like, I don't know if this would happen. I think this is like a very cynical take on how we, you know, uh, it's view disasters. But. If I can get, I can get into the, the the film essay part of it, uh, the Gordy incident 
that we now know about is kind of a central tenet to two different parts of the story. Mm. Uh, there's two running themes in this movie. The first one is that you cannot tame a wild animal, <laughs> no matter mm. what you think it is going to act like a wild animal, no matter how, you know, it's it, the horse bucks, even though it's tamed, the monkey attacks people uh, later on. Some stuff happens, but you, mm-hmm. you cannot tame a wild animal. The second is people uh, associate or people will value spectacle over events, uh, mm-hmm. which kind of goes back to the thing. It's like, it's like uh, the quote at the beginning. Um, Steven Yoon doesn't really process the monkey incident as trauma. He processes it as like an SNL sketch. He's like, Oh, go watch this. And he later on that comes back to it. But that's, that's a very central tenet to the movie is that, uh, you can't tame nature. And, uh, if something terrible happens, people will act like it's a a sketch on it's very removed from reality. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we get introduced to the Steven Yoon's character. Very interesting. Uh, and, will definitely like will said revisit that whole theme of of uh of taming nature feeling like you can or can't but uh we cut from this to back at the camp m goes back or back at the camp back at the uh the homestead and goes back back to the ranch there and as they're hanging out they realize one of the horses gets out so oj runs down goes and grabs the horse was it the, my, one of my Ghost. favorite parts of this movie was that it like was split into chapters and all of the chapters listed the like focal animal of that chapter of like an experience that it had or its relation to the aliens. And I think, yeah, this one was either like ghost or lucky. No, it wasn't lucky. It was ghost. It was, this ghost. was ghost. Yeah. Yeah. So ghost gets out. OJ goes to grab ghost. And as he's doing it, he, he looks up in the sky and he sees this flying saucer dancing between the clouds and as this is happening powers going out um m's playing a, a record which um i guess summoned this this saucer and uh power goes out and oj's like i just saw this shit m's like holy shit we gotta catch this on camera and we gotta sell it because people can make a lot of money capturing this type of shit on camera so the next Go, day going back to the theme that like <laughs> this is this is a spectacle this is not exactly. your life this is yeah Mm-hmm. But also, they're going through money troubles, right? They they have right. to sell their horses yeah. to to you know Stephen Yoon at, at Jupiter's Ranch and all that stuff. So, do you know what the original title of this movie was? No, it was called Little Green Men. Um, oh, really? And it was supposed to be a reference to people cashing in on the alien. Uh, like, we are the little green men who were trying to capitalize on the alien, and then the I think at some point, along. I think at some point it was changed to nope because of how many times they say nope in the script. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sure, they say nope a lot, um, especially when they see this flying saucer. So they think, okay, we we got to catch us on camera. We got to make a lot of money. They call it. We got to get this Oprah moment. Uh, you know, that's that's like the the shining. Uh, people will pay a lot of money to see this. Yeah. So you'll they get go interviewed by, H- by Oprah if you can, right. because it's a, a history changing moment. Sure. So they go to Fry's because this is in an alternate universe where the Fry's electronics uh, chain is still operating and, <laughs> uh, in America. And they meet this guy named Angel, uh, played by Brandon Perea. And he uh, he just got out of a relationship. He's looking for human co- connection. Yeah. Um, offices, offers his services for free to come and set up all the surveillance stuff because they can't do it on their own. And they uh, let him come and do it. So he comes. He starts setting up all this equipment. Takes all day. Uh, he's curious why they're having him point all of the surveillance equipment at the sky. So he figures out that um, this is a like a UAP situation um, since UFO has been now reclassified as UAP, and he has a lot of opinions on it. He watches ancient aliens like the rest of us, so we're all in the know here. <laughs> what does um, UAP stand for? They don't say. Uh, it's unidentified aerial phenomena. Thank you. Is it? Yes. <laughs> um, they this, this actually happened. They reclassified it as that as the Navy was declassifying all of those videos this past few years. Got um, it. So theories as to why up in the air. I am in agreement with this character, Angel. I think he was inserted into the film to be a rational human in the situation. Uh, so I, I agree with everything he says in this. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> as this is. As this is going on, um, they're they're you know setting up, making some plans to be able to catch this flying saucer on camera. M goes and steals a horse decoy from Jupiter's claim uh, and sets it up in the yard so the UAP can come and think it's a horse and try and suck it up. So they do that. Uh, there's a little scene where Steven Yoon, um, Ricky comes and he's like, "Hey, is that my horse? By the way, come and see my show." Uh, that's important later. So what happens next that night? There's some noises in the horse shelter and the horse like, I guess, stables. So OJ goes out. 
he sees lights being flickered on and off and he's like, oh my God, this is it. <laughs> and then from around the corner, we th see three tiny Roswell style alien silhouettes. And let me tell you, at that point, I was like, my hair is standing up. I, I was, was like, oh losing my God. it, man. I was, I was so <laughs> ready to accept that these are the guys and that like, oh, I was like, they're doing it early. This is frightening. It was shot really well. It's like super hazy and stuff like so you can't see the silhouettes. And then we get a great jump scare where it peeks around the corner and he just fucking punches it out. And I was like, hell yeah. Uh, turns out it was kids. It was the kids of the folks over at Jupiter's Claim coming to get revenge on them for stealing their horse decoy. So there's a great scare where like the the first alien kind of comes out of a shadow that you're, you're looking at the whole time, but you don't know it's an alien yeah. and it moves. And then while you're looking at that, a second one pops out of a barn stall and you're like, there's two. And then he punches it out and it turns out to be a crying kid. And I was like, that's comedy. So that was, that was, I got the first big laugh in my theater was him seeing the alien is going, Nope. And turning around and walking away. Of course, that's what you do. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go further into the barn. He just, he just walks away. He's like, absolutely not. Yeah. So they, they let out all the horses. So of course now he's got to go out and grab all the horses around the area. But as he's doing that, that's when the actual saucer starts to show up. It sucks up the alien decoy. It turns off all of the digital cameras that they've set up, save for one that was outside of the zone. But unfortunately, there was a praying mantis blocking that screen. So they weren't able to capture these, this, this phenomenon camera. It got away with the horse decoy. Freaking uh, Angel was watching from Fry's, was yelling at the screen. And uh, it was just a disappointing moment all around. Also, good jump scare on the uh, praying mantis. Yeah. Yes. That one, that one got me. Oh, very good, very good. Um, I I don't I wonder why he chose praying mantis. Was it just any bug? Because praying mantis is a very specific bug. Oh, it's sure. a bug. It's a bug. Well, the, the thing about praying mantises is they will fight literally any living thing. Like they have no concept of this bug is bigger than me. It will kill me surely. It will fight it. So I wonder if he chose it for some reason or not. It's a very specific bug to choose but animals fighting is kind of a, a central theme of this movie <laughs> so that's fair that's fair maybe that, it was heading headed like that that checks out yep so uh unfortunately no real good substantive evidence to use of of these um uaps but angels watching the feeds he notices the next day in the sky there is a cumulus a cumulonimbus cloud that's sitting over one of the hills in um um, Agua Dolce in, in the, the hills of, of this valley that they live in. And it isn't moving for days. While all the cl clouds are moving around it, this one isn't moving. So they figured that's got to be it, right? It's that's in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it. It's in the cloud. We're literally <laughs> looking at it right now. So how do we get it out? And at that moment, he looks down and he sees the flyer that Ricky came over and, and gave him about the show. And it shows a picture of a horse being abducted. So he's like, oh, shit, are my horses being abducted? <laughs> so He's he, selling a lot of horses at Jupiter's Claim, who seemingly yeah. doesn't have a lot of horses. So he's like, where right. are they going? <laughs> right. So he's like, well, shit. So he goes over to Jupiter's Claim, and then it cuts to probably the most uncomfortable scene in this entire movie. Gordy. We, we get to go back to Gordy. And um, at this point, we know that, you know, Ricky Jupe, he was the one of the only two survivors of the incident. So we know we now see it completely through his eyes as he's hiding under a table on set. Um, so people who a are listening now pops, sorry, yeah, a balloon pops and scares the monkey for people who are listening at home who um, are kind of going back and forth. It doesn't show the monkey or the chimpanzee like actually dismembering and clawing people and stuff like that. But you can hear it chewing faces yeah. and you can hear the screams and the terror. It, it's, it's very quiet. And for a while, all you hear is just monkey sounds. Yeah. It's yeah. people it, getting eaten. At this point, I think it's about an hour into the movie, if not a little less. And mm -hmm. they, when they cut to Gordy's home, like the taping of it, you hear the audio that you heard from the beginning of the movie and you go, Oh, it's about to happen. And mm -hmm. then it cuts right to like the same sort of footage that we saw in like the, the right at the top. And it cuts to like a brief flashback uh, that we saw with Jupe at the beginning. And then it goes to like the full scene. And it's just, I, I just remember being just, just tense and just uncomfortable the entire time mm -hmm. because it, it's handled very well. It's handled tastefully, but it's, <laughs> well, not tastefully, but it's 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 truly horrifying. 
Yeah, you don't see him chewing the faces, but no. you, it it's, is... it's almost worse that it's just a monkey. Like you just see like legs from behind a couch and the yeah. monkey is kind of like hunkered down over and like the legs are moving because like, the person's like not taking it well. And you just hear like monkey. Juicy. <laughs> <laughs> the monkey's also ripped off. It's it's birthday monkey. Clothes during this. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a very heavy handed. I am not an actor. I yeah. am a wild animal. There's a, scene, right. there's a shot where he like rips his hat off and it's just kind of like, and he checks on like the, the woman's leg next to him. It's like, why aren't you moving? What's going on? Um, yeah. And then goes and eats some more of her face. Yeah. And then it's, it runs down the dad and yeah. kills <laughs> him off screen. Right. It's a very alien encounter. And then like, yeah. you just hear everything like in excruciating detail. Right. <laughs> then the, the part comes where he makes eye contact with, uh, well, he but doesn't make eye contact. Attacked. He just kind of the, the tablecloth saves him. Yeah. He's, not, he's so, yep. Yeah, so it's Ricky's hiding under a table. He's got a very thin uh, tablecloth from the party separating him from the the chimpanzee. And the chimpanzee walks up and he says something to to uh, Ricky in sign language. And what he says is completely heartbreaking. He says, what happened, family? In sign <laughs> oh, language. No, which no. Does he? <laughs> yes, he does. He does. He signs something. I looked it up. He says, what happened, family? And then he reaches for a fist bump. Because apparently they were the first to do the exploding fist bump. Yeah, it's the exploding fist bump from the tel- from the sitcom. They do a fist bump and his head explodes because he's shot by a cop. So that's the, the real, end. The real villain. Yeah, <laughs> the real villain of the, of the movie. Uh, but to Will's point, this is what gives Ricky the feeling of almost like I'm a chosen one, like I have power over these animals. He was fine with me when in actuality it was that veal, that veil separating them. Uh, and they didn't make eye contact, which becomes such a big theme and or not theme, but just important part in the rest of the movie here yeah. pretty shortly because it cuts from this to, um, to Ricky giving a presentation or like a, a show at Jupiter's claim where he has this bo- uh, this the horse uh, lucky OJ's horse that he had just sold in a plastic box and he announces to the crowd that in fact he has been in contact with this alien species for 6 months and he has been feeding them uh this these horses and he's kind of surmised that evening time it always comes and collects the horse so now with great spectacle we're going to see this horse being abducted and I mean, he ca- he calls the alien the viewers which is also very very thematic for the uh oh <laughs> the, shit the theme of the movie of of spectacle and and kind of just watching things sure sure yeah he says that, yeah he's, he's been kind of in this relationship with the viewers here and as soon as as the whole spiel is over the viewers show up the saucer shows up uh i should note at this point oj's shown up and realizes what's happened and he's like holy shit uh as he watches the saucer come and suck them all up they they all just get taken <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Jupe this, and this was the most. This was the scariest part of the movie for me by far. Like this yes. was the most intense. Oh yeah, yes. Because uh, you think it's just going to suck up. The, no, it sucks up everyone in the in the theater. <laughs> like everyone goes up. Yeah. Women, children, uh, the the other survivor from the Gordy's home show who has monkey face scars from the. <laughs> She's there for some reason. I forgot about that. Yeah, she was invited, and he makes this whole point of saying, "Yeah, she was my first crush." Um, Why would you say that? It's almost saying like she was my crush until she was mauled by a monkey. Now look at her. <laughs> I just remember they had a shot of her in like the trailer, like from the like the, the kind of like the trailer that tells you nothing. They had a shot of her. And I was like, you know, I remember that face very vividly because it's, you know, it's been deformed by some kind of attack. And I just was like, oh, this is like she's just like a weird, eerie character that Jordan's put in. And then when I get when we get to the scene post like the Gordy mauling flashback when we get to the scene and i realize that she's there i'm like holy shit it's his co-star <laughs> and <laughs> his co-star it was like she's was wearing like, a gordy's home shirt so yeah yeah <laughs> she's wearing like her face on the shirt to let people know that this is what she used to look like it was my stomach oh. just dropped i was like oh my god well she she also was not spared they all got sucked up into the into the uh um the ufo or the uap the well at this point the veil is lifted this isn't a uap uh, this is a being. They are in its intestines. Uh, do you yeah. want to take this part well? Because this was the very uncomfortable claustrophobic part. Did you have that day in gym class at elementary school with the parachute? Yes. <laughs> oh my god! I'll go under the parachute. Uh, it's it's that inside. It's horrible. There, there's like a pretty. Uh, there was a movie that came out in like 2011 called like Battle Los Angeles. I want to say yes. something like oh, that yeah, with yeah. aliens. Had a very good shot in the trailer with people being sucked up, and you could actually see individual bodies being sucked up in the trailer. The movie wasn't very good. It was a, it's a really good shot. Uh, this did it better because it shows inside the alien's guts, just like 
like a theme park of people kind of <laughs> writhing, being thrown through them. And yeah. then uh, one poor lady just kind of trying to climb her way through uh, the, the bowels of the monster and finding a digested horse. Very Godfather. <laughs> um, and what's, what's disturbing about this is that because they're inside the alien and kind of just being slowly digested, uh, they don't just die. Like you can hear them screaming for the next couple of scenes, which is yeah. really horrifying. <laughs> yep. So it, it eats them, and OJ watch, watches them get eaten, and he obviously runs, hides. He actually gets knocked out uh, while the because the thing's chasing him and pushes him because he, he, it's a it's a it's a saucer. It can't walk into buildings, so he's hiding in the building. He gets knocked out. He wakes up. He's like, "Shit, I got, we gotta get back." And he starts going back. Unfortunately, saucer follows him. Um, M and Angel they're hanging at the house, uh, and shit goes down. Oh, this was down. like the most beautiful sequence of the movie. Yep, it's storming. Uh, they're they're hiding in the house. They realize it's coming because all of the electricity's turning off and shit yeah. like that. Um, OJ's halfway down the road. His car's turned off because the saucers turned off the the car. So they're like, "What the hell do we do?" And the saucers over the house because they know it's over the house because the rain stops. But then it starts again, and it's not rain. It's just. Blood. Theme park it's, blood. It's theme park blood, blood and things in pockets and like a detritus. wheelchair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's a wheelchair. It's it's who like what a sequence, man, of just like the shot. I think they cut to OJ just on the outside looking at it, and it's incredible. Just watching the blood just run down the house and the storm in the background. It's gorgeous. It's very creepy and a very like that image will stay with me for a while. But man, it was so well put together. Whew. Yep. Yeah. Flying saucer over house, pouring blood on house. It, they have a very uh, Courage of the Cowardly Dog house, too. It's very, like, yeah, mi- middle of nowhere, two-story wooden home. <laughs> sure, sure. Yep, and when the blood started, uh, important to note, the screaming stopped. So we know that's yeah. uh, that's, that's what happened it, to those peeps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when they died. Uh, so it starts pounding the house, obviously, with a whole bunch of different, like, undigestibles and body parts and stuff like that. Realizes it can't get to him in the house, so it turns its sights back on OJ goes back to the car, um, drops the statue on the car to try and smash OJ to get him to run out. Uh, OJ try he opens the door, looks up, guess what he says? Nope. And closes the door. <laughs> um, <laughs> that got a lot This is me. when he oh, had yeah. a fl- when he had a this when he had a he had a flashback to his dad training him about horses and how territorial they are and how you're not supposed to look him in the eyes and all that stuff. That was the breadcrumb moment, right, Will? Yeah. And um uh, realize if you don't look at it, then you'll be fine. So he, it's an animal. It's it, an animal. If you if you stare a bear in the eye, it's going to take it as a, a sign of aggression. Exactly, exactly. And it, and it sees this this valley as its territory. So they wait it out. He uh, wakes up, drives the car over in the morning. Oh no, no, sorry. He gets I, out and I walks. Got... I think. Yeah, he gets out and walks after the storm's done. Yeah. Then yeah. it kind of starts coming back. He gets them to get in the car. They go. They go to Los Angeles. They get out of the area uh, to try and figure out what's going on. Yeah, they and stay with, uh, 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 with Angel. Angel because the house crypto is destroyed. Mine. Yep. <laughs> uh, and pretty much at that point, they're all sitting in a diner and they're like, "Fuck this shit. That's a literal alien. I'm never That's... going back." <laughs> so they're all about to go their separate ways until the cinematographer from that commercial gives him a call. He noticed in the news that the you know. Because it's in the news that all of these people have disappeared from this theme park. They don't know it's an alien yet or anything like that. But they, he realized they they've been in, yeah, they've been in communication for a while. She tried to, to get, get him it. to come and film film the stuff. He wasn't biting. But now that shit's going on, he's like, okay, I'm going to come out. So this is um, Anders Holmes, played by Michael Wincott. Uh, mm. He's got one of the deepest voices I've ever heard. He recites uh, one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple paper later, which was like kind of corny. But also I was like... That's cool. That's yeah, um, the movie. Yeah. So he comes and they make this plan. He's brought all of this very analog crank film equipment. So the saucer is not going to turn their shit off. Uh, they come up with this plan where OJ is going to wear a hoodie that has eyes on the back of his head um, on his most stable horse. Lucky. He's going to race down the road, get the best shots of this alien saucer chasing him. Um, Holmes and Angel are going to be at a great vantage point getting it on the analog shit. M's back at home. She's got all the digital shit set up. She's like the recon. Um, They've set up a wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man uh, in a grid and each one has its own power. 
So that right. way they can tell by which tube men have deflated where the monster is. A brilliant right. device. It was so much like Great. whenever you see them start going down, like, oh, so exciting. This is like, so we should talk about like up until like after the whole house scene, like once the next day happens, that's when the movie goes from like horror to sci-fi adventure. Like that's yeah. like we've we've missed the part like we've gone past the part of Jaws where you know the shark is attacking people and it's massacred and Amityville is you know is panicking and now we're on the boat and now we're having a little yeah. adventure with the crew trying to capture this thing. I I would also say that this is when it starts getting super freaking western. Oh, absolutely. That's when he's like you know, the big, <laughs> you know the ending scene where it's all in the town. We'll, we'll get it's, to it. They're this playing spaghetti western music. This entire set piece. They're yeah. playing yeah. like this is western music. Yeah. Also, where one of my favorite devices in a monster movie comes about, where they uh, relate to a story that M told before about how she got a horse for her, I think eleventh birthday, and they named it Jean Jacket. And she wanted the horse so bad, but then eventually, like her dad, uh, Otis Sr., got a job for Jean Jacket. And so they had to train Jean Jacket for that. Uh, it was for the Scorpion King. And so <laughs> she was like so betrayed because she lost her horse. And when they were trying to like figure out what to refer uh, as to what they could refer the alien as, uh, OJ says Jean Jacket. And when you give me, ooh, when you just like a little in world name for the creature instead of just like the creature the alien you know it's like you get it with cloverfield they call it clover um i know i mean jaws i you can call it bruce whatever but when they gave it an in movie name and they called it jean jacket and the final chapter of the movie started with that i oh i was just i was like what a cool name jordan peele's like this one's for sean Um, he's like he's like if if jean jacket's a horse we can break it we, we know he doesn't like we know he can't eat inorganic matter yeah uh, so we're gonna we're gonna trap him. We're gonna put. I'm gonna use flags because he hates flags because yeah. you know he spit out the flags. We're gonna scare him off. With, we're gonna lure him in and then scare him off with flags. Yeah, like you would yep. a stallion. <laughs> and it's it's good. It it all looks so perfectly set up. You're like, all right, let's get this bitch on camera. And then TMZ of all <laughs> people show up. That was a wild a sequence. What kind of helmet was he wearing, man? That was I know weird. a dude shows up looking like a disco ball. He's like an all metallic gray. Shows up, M's like, what? This is private property. What are you doing here? And he's he's obviously he's there to investigate whatever's been going on in the valley because 30 odd people disappeared out of nowhere. And he's and on a battery powered bike. He's not on a gas bike. Yeah, I, that's a good point. He's, he's on an electric bike. bike. Yeah. So they're at, they're confused on many different levels. Like the, how is this the second they showed the bike, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> so M, M tries to stop him. He's like, nah, I'm getting that shot. And he starts zooming. And then just like halfway down the field, dude just eats shit. He just like bike flips. He, he hits the EMP goes, wall. Yeah, ba- yeah, yeah just, the battery stops. And, and Angel's like, what's going to happen when he, his battery goes dead? And like four seconds later, he just flips over the handlebars. And you just hear him screaming. Right. <laughs> and o- OJ's a good, like, everyone's like, okay, this dude's going to die. I'm sorry. Like, he's an idiot. OJ stick to the plan. OJ's like, nah. So he has to go and try and help this guy up. But of course, as he's trying to help this guy up, that's when Jean Jacket starts showing up. And the guy's struggling. He won't let him help. Refers to him as Scorpion King. And that's when he was like, that. that's when he he knew, you know, okay, I'm going to let you die. So he, <laughs> he, he leaves him there and gets back on his horse and bro gets sucked up. Uh, and at this point, UFO starts chasing him. It all goes according to plan. He's racing down the hill. He's got the UFO behind him. Jean Jacket's chasing him. They're getting it on camera up in the hill. It's going great. Uh, they're even getting it on camera on the digital stuff before it's turning it off. And then um, as soon as they're like, hell yeah, let's, we did it. Let everybody get back to, you know, let's regroup. Uh, Holmes is like, we're this close to God. I need to shake his hand. So he <laughs> picks up all of his equipment. And runs up the mountain chasing Jean Jacket back to Jean Jacket's cloud. And Jean Jacket's like, what? And turns around and comes and eats him. And not only that, he eats all the equipment that he was recorded on. Yep. And then Jean Jacket tries to eat Angel and fucks him up, wraps him up in barbed wire and throws not him down the mountain. Just kind, just kind of by, by yeah. the tritus floating, floating around. Yeah. Right, right. Angel doesn't die. He just gets sucked up and then spit out down the mountain. Yeah, because he wrapped and himself in barbed wire, which was brilliant. It, it was. Good, good for him. But uh, then Jean Jacket turns its sights back on OJ and M, chases OJ down, M's there. It's it, this crux, the climax, where he's in, Jean Jacket is 
in between both OJ on one side, M on the other side. They're both they realize, covering their eyes, trying to look at it because that's exactly. kind of the challenge. Yeah. And they both come to the same conclusion at the same time that one of us has to sacrifice ourselves so the other can get away. So now they're shoot, shouting at each other saying, no, I'm going to shit sacrifice myself. I'm going to sacrifice myself. And then for some fucking reason, Jean Jacket turns into a giant what I can explain as a jellyfish napkin. Um, <laughs> it unfolds. It, it turns into a, a Evangelion uh, angel, essentially. Kind of. What I yeah. said was Gardevoir, so that's much better. Uh, what I, what all, I three those, all three of those things combine it into one, and that's what it turns into. It unfolds into this giant monster. It's gorgeous. Um, Hang on, I'm going to uh, post. T- Sean, this is, this is for you. Uh, tell me what I'm talking about. This is, this is the Pokemon Gardevoir. Uh, uh, yes. This is what it becomes. The, the less hot still kind of hot, hot kind of hot, hot. <laughs> oh yeah yeah when it gets all like drapey how it's cool are i think uh indy wire said that it was like some of the best like creature design this is it's bold um but he, mm. uh the writer said it's some of the best creature design since alien uh mm. but i i'd put it up there it's a gorgeous like Jean Jacket is a, a gorgeous alien when they like finally let it flourish. I I wasn't clear why it decided to reveal itself at that point. I um, have a, a thematic answer for you. Oh, go ahead. So much like the monkey taking off his hat, um, Jean Jacket goes from being a UFO to being a big alien creature because it's like the the UFO is kind of what we prescribe to it as like, Oh, this is like what a UFO is when in reality it was like, no, I'm not this. I'm actually this, like this is my, Uh. so it's a little bit, it's a little bit symbolic of like, no, I'm not, not at all what you think I am. I'm this terrifying giant being. (laughs) Yeah. I I also like to think that it's the, I would assume that this being knows OJ and M by now after dealing it with days and days and days. It's smart. I think this is kind of like this yeah. is my final form. I'm about to fuck you up now. Yeah. He's making himself big like a like a animal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. It was just how cool, man. I I can't wait for the little featurette where they talk about how they designed the thing, man. Oh. <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's, most that's Sean sentence of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's it's jellyfish napkin guard war now, and uh, it's decided to set its sights on OJ. OJ's one out. He's going to sacrifice himself so M can get away. Uh, it moves just out of range out of this battery-powered motorcycle. Um, and for some reason, it's established way early on that M knows how to ride motorcycles. Uh, so she gets oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> she gets, yeah. Forgot. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> they do mention her having a bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, like she when she's like promoting herself at the the set. She's like, you know, I do this and this, motorcycles, horses, and it's just like, oh, that is interesting. And then it, it what, comes into fruition. There yeah. you go. And then she That's picks up the motorcycles. Like, damn it, damn it. That was why. Why did you have to oh, project it, that? Jean Jacket takes out kind of its eye, which is kind of the thing that they've been looking at. Uh, oh yeah. Within the mouth, when the eye actually comes out, it looks like a like like Sean pointed out earlier uh, before we started recording it. Uh, it's a camera lens. It's like a big, it looks, it looks like, like the ball of a camera. Yeah. And it's got like kind of petals that are folding in on itself constantly and lighting up and kind of a, a, a solid kind of dark glass iris. It's pretty cool looking. This was very like Annihilation in this regard where it's like meeting an unknowable, undes- indescribable thing. Um, I wanted to call Alex Garland at his home and make <laughs> him watch this after watching men. <laughs> like, you see that you see that that's what we wanted <laughs> yep yep so uh yeah it turns its sights on oj m sees her chance to get away she hops on the battery-powered motorcycle and just starts gunning it towards jupiter's claim uh unfortunately the jean jacket pretty quickly turns around and starts chasing her and chases her all the way there to the, the part of the movie where i wanted to go ha but i would have been the only one in the theater to do it is she gets to the town center and does a fucking Akira slide. Oh, and that was yelled. <laughs> I, I whacked my dad in the arm. Because <laughs> I, I, I've shown him that recently in, in a lot of, because it's like it's in Batman, it's in Adventure Time. Sure. And I pointed it out what it was to him. And I've been showing him things that use it. And then like when that happened, we both were like, oh, Akira slide. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a good one too. Yeah. It's great. It's such, it's such a better Wilhelm scream. Because when the Wilhelm scream happens, you're like, ha ha. But it takes real crafting to do a good Akira motorcycle slide. It's the first live action one I think I've seen. Yeah. Mm. Batman. Batman animated series. Doesn't he, doesn't he kind of do it in like Dark, Dark Knight? Knight? Uh, he does like the, the he does kind of, one, three I point guess turn on the, on the, on the, on the, building 
No, there's one part oh, in, in like a whole it, highway scene. Yeah, like the, the wheel tumbles sideways. Yeah, it's not one to one like this yeah, is. Yeah. Like it's I, I can completely see it, yeah. framed. It's completely framed. He's, she's got the yeah, leg. Yeah, she's the got ground. the leg out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 Ooh. perfect and fun for that. that. Yeah, go ahead. They're they're doing a live action Akira, and they actually shopped it with Jordan Peele. Asked him to write and direct, and he turned it down. Uh, but he's he has noted that Akira is one of his favorite films of all time. So that that completed the radish trifecta of, of <laughs> yeah. monkey Catholicism <laughs> anime anime. Um, so she she gets she gets Jean Jacket napkin to the town and um, just has the thought of I'm going to release this giant inflatable cowboy of Ricky into the sky and obviously um, Jean Jacket's going to see it as a threat and is going to attack it and. Also, there is an analog crank oh. flash camera that's in a well. I get so happy thinking town. about that one, man. I oh, they introduce it in such a weird way at the beginning of the movie when they first go to Jupiter's claim, and like Kiki accident, mm. not Kiki, sorry, uh, M accidentally like photo bombs these kids' photos, and they introducing it that way, and then you realize like that's what she's gonna do. It was such a great moment. Have you guys ever seen something like this before? This no, is the first no time way. I've seen this in a movie. Tyler, I feel it's like the same you're, as the you're closest to one living in Arizona. Sure. I actually haven't been to it. I should go to a ghost town, especially after this movie. So it's it's a camera at the bottom of a well. You turn a crank, you look in the well, and it takes like a novelty souvenir photograph of you from the bottom of the well looking up. Yeah. Um, cool idea. I, I get yeah, that. It's a cute it's, idea. It's, it's, it's the Kid Sheriff poster, which is why it was there. Mm, gotcha. If you looked at the Kid Sheriff poster, it was them doing the same pose. It was You can make your own Kid Sheriff poster. Because <laughs> the it prints out the picture's poster side. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. Are you okay? No, it's fine. I was just like, oh, it totally was. Oh, cool. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's cashing in on his childhood. So yeah, yeah. You can take your own kid sheriff poster. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so she sends this up into the sky. Of course, Jean Jacket starts attacking it. And while it's attacking it, she's getting these amazing, like, better than iPhone quality pictures of this alien through this crank well. And um, through just fortuitous circumstances, uh, Jean Jacket decides to try and eat the, the giant balloon and as he's eating well, the person well, right wouldn't. right yeah. yeah that's true yeah that, that, that's true and it's got eyes it's looking at her yeah it and um i've called jean i've called jean jacket every gender um <laughs> an ally and <laughs> and uh as as uh jean jacket is swallowing the balloon the balloon explodes and as it explodes it takes out jean jacket with it so jean jacket is <laughs> in napkin pieces falling from the sky and um, at the end, it, it shows uh, M's face of relief, uh, of shock, as a whole bunch of people are starting to show up to her as this is happening. And then she looks over and she sees OJ on the horse, just like their ancestor way, way back that was on the first so um, clip of, um, you know, riding a horse. And you see that OJ is alive. And then that's the end. And he's, and he's it. He's at the end of like the western town too. Like he's framed right. like like a hero at the end of a western movie. It's intentional, obviously oh, intentional. Yes. It, was, it was a great ending, ending clip there. Yeah, very. Uh, we we made a Jaws comparison earlier. The way they take out uh, Jean Jacket is very similar to Jaws. That's true. Something is. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Air tank explodes. How they feed cool. it the thing and it explodes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even think of that. This is the best part of the show: is Sean realizing things about the movie, <laughs> the motorcycle. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so there you are cowards uh i i don't think i think you should see this in theaters if you if you're still listening now and haven't seen it uh if you've just seen it and you're listening back i hope you had a few chuckles and yeah. uh, can agree with a lot of the statements that we made um but great film great film and, and a great film to start this this new horror series on, yeah I think. Yeah, even though it's yeah. technically not horror yeah we started with a with a, a softball here it's, it's only going to get more frightening um so for you know folks thanks for listening we're glad you could uh brave the dark with us uh it's only gonna get darker light's only gonna get brighter i don't know <laughs> we're, we're doing bullet train next <laughs> <laughs> we're Good going to rise of guru <laughs> our next episode is there's a monster at the end of this book <laughs> <laughs> pause of fury the legend of hank <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Nope is a, a, a special, very fun movie. Thank you for listening to Fright Light. Um, I have been Sean. You can find me hosting the Radish podcast. Uh, you can go back if you want to hear the fledgling podcast that started this all. Uh, you can go back and listen to the Shondering, in which Tyler and I guide Will through the Conjuring franchise. Um, and uh, 
you know, keep an ear out, keep an eye on our feed for further Fright Light episodes. This is going to be a lot of fun. Watch this space. I've been Will. You can find me at Will from online. Also listen to uh, Radish, the show that inspired The Conjuring. Yes. We're, yes. we're really proud of that one. <laughs> Radish is the show that inspired The Conjuring. <laughs> we were haunted by a devil witch. <laughs> Ed, Ed and Lorraine Warren were actually original hosts on Radish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but stuff happened. <laughs> stuff happened. They had opinions <laughs> uh, that, that wouldn't align with ours. So we... Uh, <laughs> That's where the Catholicism uh, comes from, was from Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, like they've said, listen to Radish, comedy podcast, it's great. Um, wh- what could people expect from more episodes of Friday? Like, what, what kind of movies are we watching? I think we're, we're going to catch all the new big ones. Um, if you go see this one in theater, there's some good previews of yeah. some great horror movies that's coming out here in the next few months. Smile, Smile. looks like it's going to be good. Barbarian. Um, Barbarian. Uh, Got the Halloween tor- franchise ending. Sorry, Will? Uh, Smile has a short film that it's based on. That oh. is out there somewhere. I'm torn between wanting to see it and wanting to be surprised. Um, obviously, the short film's like six minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I, I'd like to find it. Obviously, there's going to be a bit more meat to the movie. I think. Yeah. Sure. Um, I I'm, I'm, I'm really, but it looks so good. I'm really, I'm really torn if I get into it or not. But I kind of want to. We're also going to be touching on some like classic or notorious horror movies that you know have been like. Uh, their name has been like cast in shadow through all of history because of how frightening they are. We're going to later in the future, we're going to be doing the exorcist. We're going to be doing poltergeist. Uh, we're going to be doing Noroi, which is a, a Japanese horror yeah. found footage horror yeah. movie, which if you're on TikTok, if you're on social media, there's all these, always these videos of like, if this, if like you aren't scared by horror movies, this one will get you. We're going to be doing those nice. movies. Uh, I think there's a, a new movie on Netflix called incantation. That's Taiwanese. That, also got that same, this one's going to mess you up. So, of course, we're going to watch it because y- you don't have to. We're going yeah. to talk you through it so you can be the one that knows everything about the cool new horror movie. And But you don't have to be frightened. We yeah, will. And, and you, pr- you probably couldn't tell from this episode because the movie, nope, not super duper scary. But um, we're all... I I could I'm speaking for myself here. I'm a total pansy when it comes to this kind of stuff. I don't watch horror movies, so um, I love. Them. We're, we're going to be a lot more scared on future ones. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for listening. Um, what, what do we say at the end of Fright Light, boys? And that's the show. Sleep well. Okay, that's better. Yeah, sleep <laughs> well, everybody. Bye. Bye. Don't let the Fright Light bite. You're listening to an Indie Saurus production.